0: Where Nobody Knows Your Name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the episode Cheerio Cheers. This is season three, episode 22. I'm
1: John. And I'm James. And what do you make of this episode, James? Interesting one. The high stakes, interesting themes, lot to talk about. It aired on the 11th of April, 1985. Directed by James Burroughs and written by Sam Simon. Let's talk about the cold open, which from this cold open, I was like, Ooh, there's a ooh, lot to unpack in this episode. This is going to be a heavy episode here. And why is that, James? Well, because Carla arrives late, which is not the first time. So nothing unusual there. But she apologizes to Sam you know, for leaving him without a waitress. And Diane, you know, is offended because she is also a waitress, but apparently doesn't count. When she arrives, she starts talking about a crisis of faith, John.
0: You know, do you know the detail, which I quite liked in this. The biggest reaction came from Coach. And we've talked a bit before about how Coach and Carla are kind of the two characters who have faith the most, in terms of religious faith. And his reaction's
1: quite dramatic. But you've got to believe Carla, basically.
0: Yeah, but she she's lost faith because she's always down on her luck. But now she's pregnant with her sixth child as a single parent, struggling with sort of irregular hours in a job and just sort of struggling altogether.
2: Yeah, this morning I was thinking, I'm not married, I'm carrying my sixth kid, I'm broke, I live in squalor, I'm having a crisis of faith. Oh, come on, Carla, don't talk like that. Well, would it just God be putting me through this, Coach? Well. Yeah. Oh, I know it looks sort of bleak out there, but uh, just have to have patience. Uh, Remember Job. Cliffy's right, honey. You got a good Job here. (laughs) You're in great health. I don't know. I don't know. Cliff, I didn't want to embarrass you in front of Carla, but you pronounced the word job.
1: (laughs) Very interesting called Open There. It set up quite
0: a dramatic episode. It is quite a dramatic episode still, but uh, not not in terms of
1: Carla, really. It's almost a MacGuffin, isn't it, her crisis of faith? Because it sets up the main plot, but it's not about Carla's crisis of faith, really.
0: Yeah, maybe it's the idea that God's actually on her side and does something good for her, Just restores her pain.
1: <laughs> and how does God do that?
0: Well, uh, the title of the episode is Trivial Cheers. That's because someone's leaving the bar. And it is Diane, again.
1: I, I would say Sam would be quite annoyed because this waitress leaves and comes back. But really, I don't think Sam cares that much.
0: We find out quite early on in the episode that Frasier has been offered a job in Bologna, Italy. A six-month tenure. Which means Diane's going to be back in six months anyway.
1: What's the problem? Exactly. So they're going to Europe. Ooh, faraway land. Mystical, romantic. Other stuff European it's one of the oldest universities in the world, is it not the University of Bologna? I don't know. I feel like you've got some facts on it. From what I understand its psychology department is one of the oldest in the world, what was stated in the episode uh, so you know very highly reputable and understandable that Phsia wanted to take up this opportunity
0: and uh, when when he tells Diane she's a bit taken aback by the idea that they're both going. she says she's got to sort a lot of things out and put a lot of things in order before they can go including Sam being one of them, which freaks Fraser out.
1: And he questions it and she goes, well, I've got to hand in my notice, Fraser, you you silly Billy. You won't catch me that easily, Fraser. No, no, no.
0: Fraser and Diane approach Sam just to let him know and see what his reaction
1: is. And he's fine. He goes, oh, that sounds lovely. Bye. And Fraser's like, he's repressing it. As his psychiatrist, I must talk
0: to him. And then Fraser has like a breakdown.
1: <laughs> she doesn't want to go to Europe with me, Sam. She doesn't love me. She's still
0: harboring feelings for you. <laughs> oh, come on, Frasier, that again? Well, yes, you should have seen the look on her face when I asked her to go to Europe with me just now.
1: Aha. You no, know, Sam's basically going, well, I don't know what you want me to do about that. It's because Sam's like Fraser's psychiatrist. It's all reversed. That's it, exactly. So Rebound, Bound, Part 2... Saw Fraser acting as that their supportive role to Sam, and now it's flipped in the episode "Cheerio Cheers."
0: Well, it flipped. It flipped a couple of episodes back when Fraser was telling his issues to Sam as if he was a friend called Thor.
1: Ah, Thor and Electra.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so there's kind of a history of that happening in a lot of
1: episodes. Yeah, but as we referred to earlier, this cures Carla's crisis of faith. She's over the moon when she hears that. Diane is leaving, Carla sings I Believe by Irvin Drake, Irvin Graham, Jimmy Shirl, and Al Stillman. It's on our playlist, but let me talk to you a bit about the history of this song, why don't I? This song has had many versions, the first notable one being performed by Frankie Lane in nineteen fifty three. Another notable performance was by Louis Armstrong in nineteen sixty eight. The song was first written to restore hope and faith in the US after the Korean War started so soon after the end of World War II. So it's quite a poignant song. And I imagine the US audience at the time seeing Carlos sing this song, it would have had quite a significant meaning. But I guess that's just how much she doesn't want Diane there.
0: As part of this, they have a party for Diane, a going away party, which of course takes place in Cheers. So they have a big sign up, bon voyage sign, I think, to uh, see her off. And everyone has sort of their moment of goodbyes. She says goodbye to Cliff and Norm, and then Carla,
1: and then, oh, Coach, of course. And it's just her and Sam. What could go wrong? Nothing. They're just friends. They're just friends, all right? Just leave them alone. Can't you see that their flirting meant nothing?
0: They have quite a nice conversation. I think
2: we both realise that a lot of things going to happen when you leave like this. Who knows when we'll see each other again. I'd like you to do me a favour. What's that, Sam? I've been a real jerk to you sometimes, but I'd appreciate it. When you think of me, you, you remember me as a decent person. Of course. I'll remember you as Albert Schweitzer. <laughs> I like that. Thank you.
0: But they agree that they, they are friends, they're good friends, and there's quite a, a nice moment there. And then Sam says, can you have a, a hook from his friend?
1: It escalates from there. That's where it all goes wrong, isn't it? Have a very long hug. Too long. Everyone knows it's too long. They know it's too long. The audience knows it's too long. Awkwardly long. Awkwardly long. And they just keep saying, well, bye, friend. See you later, buddy, amigo, etc.
0: And then they uh, unhug, is that a word? And they're about to say goodbye. And then they uh, have
1: a passionate kiss. Very disappointed in them, John. Diane forgets all about Frasier.
0: There's a setup towards this, a bit earlier on, between the conversation of Sam and Coach. And Coach sort of describes uh, the future that he imagined.
2: You know, Sam, I, I gotta tell you, I, I can't see Diane going off with Doc like that. I always figured that you and her would uh, get married, you know? Ah, oh, come on, Coach. No, no, I'm not kidding. I, uh, I, I pictured a. a you're moving to a little home in the country with a rose garden out in the front and a nice little room in the back for me. And, <laughs> you know, every Sunday night, Diane would make us a, a fried chicken dinner and we'd sit on the porch, listen to the ball game. I'd bounce your kids on my knee. God, I was gonna be a happy house. Yeah. Well, I guess that's gonna be Fraser's house now. Go. Well, you can come by any time, Sam. <laughs> But
0: call first. <laughs> and the thing about this uh, description is it, it reminded me of A Mix Makes Three. That's all about how Coach is almost a third wheel to uh, the Sam and Diane relationship. And I think he paints a really nice picture of what I think some people wanted the show to end with.
1: Yeah, I think that is it. There's a lovely joke in there where he's talking about how he'd have a room of his own. It's a joke which has been... Established in many sitcoms. They did it in Friends once where Chandler said to Monica, We'll have a room above the garage where Joey can grow old. But it's so much more poignant coming from coach who has not just been a surrogate father figure to Sam, but to so many people in the bar.
0: Well, including Diane. Yeah. But I think that was a really nice moment and it kind of builds up towards what happens later on in the episode.
1: Exactly. So the stakes are high. Diane's fully prepared to leave Fasier and there's a line which Sam gives which compares what a relationship with Sam compared to being in a relationship with Frasier.
2: Maybe Fraser can give you a ironclad guarantee of a lifetime of security but with me it's a day at a time. Now if you can live with that, call.
1: She goes back to Frasier because she was concerned that If she went back with Sam, it would just be a one night stand and whatever, whatever, whatever. And she wasn't willing to do that because you know she wouldn't be gaining anything. If she were to be with Sam, she wanted to be in a healthy relationship with Sam. I think is the gist. However, she still very passionately kissed him, which I would imagine would cause troubles. So I think that's where this episode sets up the remainder of the season. Diane's leaving. Cuts to the end of the episode, and she's calling from London. It's a very tense call he says to
0: diane that he doesn't think that they are friends and she says well what have they been doing for the past few months and he says kidding themselves and then there's a, again quite a poignant kind of thing gets said again and i think that the closing lines are sam asking diane if they do postcards in europe
2: i'm almost sure of it <laughs> <laughs>
0: well maybe if you think of
2: it you can uh, send me one Uh, Write small. You know how I like to
1: read in between the lines. I'll tell you what, Sam Simon did a cracking job with that line, didn't he? With all all the lines in this episode. Cracking job. He was like, I've got the closing line
0: and I'll work backwards from there. It worked. At this point in the series as well, uh, it's a longer series than we've had before. So there are a couple more left. And this is quite a a big shift for the series, still with a a few episodes left in the run, because I don't really know what's going to happen especially for a sitcom to have a change quite drastic like that for one character to move
1: away and still to follow them in the story. It felt like a finale in that way. You know, it felt like a cliffhanger. Mm. You know, people will go, "Well, what's going to happen? She's away for six months. What's going to happen when she comes back for next season? But no, there are more episodes to this season. Stay tuned for next week.
0: I'm looking forward to it. That's the trivia doorbell, James. We've got some lovely trivia mail. Do you want to kick things up? Postcards all the way from Europe, John. <laughs> that far-flung land. <laughs> We've got postcards from down the road in Europe. <laughs> I'll kick things up. So when Fraser breaks the news to Diane and says that he'd like her to come with her, she lists a few things that she has to take care of before she leaves.
1: Can you name that list of things? Her apartment. Her Sam. Sam's one of them. Her dry cleaning. Yeah. Any classes she's doing? Yep, and plants, James.
0: That's the big one. She's got a big plant?
1: No, no, it that's, doesn't. That's, that's a huge
0: one. It's like a triffid.
1: <laughs> got my triffids and my Sam. Is her apartment now just like the set of Little Shop of Horrors? Just one big plant going, feed me, Fraser. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much what happens.
1: What is Coach's response upon hearing Fraser is going to the University of Bologna.
0: He's surprised to hear that there's a university dedicated to Bologna meat.
2: University of Bologna? I can't believe they need a
0: university
2: for a thing like that. <laughs> I know it's a complicated meat, but... Uh, coach.
0: <laughs> Which is a, a good coach moment. I like it. In this episode, uh, Carla gives Diane a going away written down sort of Italian phrase that Diane can use. What is uh, the translation of that message? Something about peroxide? It's a, excuse me, Mr. Pharmacist, where do you keep the peroxide? A nice parting gift
1: from Carla to Diane. I like the fact that it showed Carla's knowledge of Italian because we know culturally of her Italian roots, but I don't think so far we've seen much of her using the actual language of Italian. So that was, that was nice. You said that people provide a goodbye gesture to Diane, but what gesture do Cliff and Norm provide?
0: They give each other a
1: kiss. Yep, that's it. They go to leave and they, she goes, guys, after all this time, can't I get a kiss? And they go, well, oh, she's leaving after all. And then they kiss each other and laugh and then they go, bye, Diane. It's come a long way since the boys in the in their
0: long, awkward hug between Diane and Sam, they use quite a few words to describe the word friend. I was wondering if you could uh, name drop a
1: few friend, buddy, pal, amigo, mm-hmm. mon ami, compadre. Compadre, yeah. There's a chum. Not partner. No. Because they're not lovers or cowboys. <laughs> Got one last question here. How does Diane describe Sam's morals and intelligence in comparison to Frasier? Loose. <laughs> yeah, she tells Sam he has the morals of a rutting sea elephant and the intelligence of lint. So mean. That's the last call at the bar, James. We're at the uh, farewell party. I'm thinking, what, what, what do we need to drink for a celebration? Ooh, maybe a fancy Italian drink to go with the University of Bologna. Ah, oh, yeah, Bologna. Bologna. Yep, that's where it comes from. We could have some bologna. Forget the drink, just bologna. I think, yeah, we'll have some bologna. Uh, I think, in spirit of this trip to Italy, and given that it's Americans going, we could also have a tasty Americano cocktail. How does that sound? Sounds great, James. And what's in that? Well, having had one before, it's all right. I've made them a few times. The ingredients are one and a half ounces of capari, one and a half ounces of sweet vermouth, one splash of club soda, and garnish with an orange twist. Never forget the orange twist. The most important part. Is it really an americano if you don't have the orange twist? No, of course not. First, pour the Campari and vermouth into a rocks or high ball glass filled with ice. Then add the club soda. Then garnish with an orange twist. Simple. Sounds delicious. Both Campari and vermouth, obviously, very strong flavors. Campari is a particularly bitter one but I think that's what the club is for to balance that
0: and to clean stains yes so what should we say James we'll raise our uh, Americanos
1: with a nice hock of bologna
0: yeah and we'll, uh, we'll say excuse me Mr Pharmacist where do you keep the peroxide
1: this has been where nobody knows your name a Cheers podcast thank you for listening